0: Do you know what we just, just, I saw you appear. You might as well drag you in now. Yeah.
1: I was gonna the <laughs> wow, Tisky.
2: this
1: is so such a different experience to being on Tisky. We're really just rolling with the punches. Yeah, just sod it. You yeah. know, it's
2: just play. You know, there's it's, it's chaos here. Total chaos. Tisky, obviously, very slick, organised affair. Michael Walker being, I think, slick and organised is how I'd sum up Michael. Yeah. good summary. of it, Me and Michael went to um, uh, we went to Margate Pride at the weekend. Um we've both recovered, I think. I think we both look quite fresh now. We're doing yeah, all right. You're looking
1: really good. You're better than you ever have, Owen. I hear you've got a personal trainer.
2: Oh, all right, Rivka. you what? That, that'll bring in the <laughs> Oh Alec Jones oh, has got I'm, a... I'm complimenting you. You look wonderful. He's got a personal trainer. He's a... um I <laughs> I've only only do the occasional session, actually, just to be fair. I don't generally do I don't know why I'm trying to defend myself. I don't you normally do yourself. that.
1: I'm pro-personal trainer, I just can't on afford one.
2: Yeah, well there we go. Um but I should <laughs> emphasize I only do very very occasional sessions. It's generally just <laughs> unfortunately as you can see this is just this is just my own amateurish efforts. Anyway, right. What we're talking about is very 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 important. We're talking about Apsana Begum who is a Labour MP. She's a proud representative and fighter for her community in East London. She's also a survivor of domestic abuse. Now, earlier this year, she was signed off sick. That did not stop local officers in her party driving through a trigger ballot process, partly overseen by friends of her former husband. Earlier this year, an independent domestic violence advocate working with Refuge. And by the way, I should be clear, I'm quoting here from the brilliant work of Rivka Brown, who's been working on this. and has published an article about it yesterday. So, working with Refuge, a domestic violence charity, sent an email marked urgent to Keir Starmer and David Evans, who is the General Secretary of the Labour Party, declaring, I believe what we are seeing in this current trigger process is a further extension of the abuse she has already endured. They did not answer that email. Now, before you ask about this, let's just actually hear from Upsana Begin. This is a speech she did earlier this year.
3: We have to recognise that the establishment hostility presents big challenges for us, of course. And that the lengths that the right wing in the party are prepared to go to defeat the left are frightening, as I know more than most. As a survivor of domestic abuse, facing vexatious charges, the last 18 months of false accusations, online sexist, racist and Islamophobic abuse and threats to my safety have been exceedingly difficult. We love you. And I'm still having to cope. And I'm still having to cope with such things on a daily basis. As such, it's been really hard for me to speak out, actually, and uh, about what I've had to go through. And it goes beyond this summer, actually, and it goes beyond the last few years since being elected. I felt like I've been on the run and at risk around a decade now. I know what it feels like to feel powerless And constantly afraid and I've known what it feels like to feel completely alone but I don't want to tell a story of victimhood or hopelessness because around five years ago I heard this person called Jeremy Corbyn saying things that made sense and offering an alternative vision for the future talking about socialism and comrades it's this solidarity that has kept me going. It's this solidarity that has inspired
2: me. So we get just explain just explain a bit of the background of what's happened with Absona. So tell me about in terms of you know how this all started I suppose.
1: Yeah. It's very difficult to encapsulate the whole kind of trauma that Absona has been through because as she says it's been going on for almost a decade. So, really, the story begins um, in around 2011 when a young Absana Begum meets Etasham Hack working in the office of the then mayor of Tower Hamlets, Lutfer Rahman. The pair start a relationship. Um, Absana, at this time, is caring for her very unwell father and is very vulnerable. Um, they then elope. He's a bit older than her he's also been twice divorced and so the relationship is quite frowned upon by her family from whom she then becomes really alienated. The relationship as she later describes then takes a very sinister turn. He um, according to Apsana becomes kind of coercive and controlling of her Um, and two years later their marriage um, ends um, after she flees him. Now uh, it's after this that Apsana, you know, who's freshly out of an, uh, what she describes as an abusive relationship, uh, happens upon a momentum picnic where, you know, Having been told for years that she wasn't worth anything, that you know, that being made to feel small um, in you know her personal life, she's told that she can actually be something, and that a young you know hijabi Muslim woman from a working class family um, can actually make a difference in her community. Um, and, and as she describes in the video that you've just shown, she was inspired by Jeremy Corbyn um, to 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 kind of get involved in the Labour Party. She becomes involved in her CLP in Tower Hamlet then becomes, I think, one of the kind of executive members of it. Then, um, as we know, uh, stands for uh, election in 2019. Now, during this time, her ex-husband, uh, Etijam Hag has also been a Labour councillor um, and seems to be following her around wherever she goes. So whether that's momentum meetings that she's chairing or later hostings um, for the general election selection campaign, um, he's there often being disruptive laughing at what she's saying, um, refusing to leave when people ask him to. um, And and a lot of people are very confused about this because they're like, who's this guy that seems to be following Apsana around? And the thing is, like she says in the video that you just showed there, she doesn't tell anyone who he is because she's ashamed and she's afraid that no one is going to believe that this is the man that she used to be married to and who she says was abusive towards her. The thing is, at some point, she decides to go public and she starts to tell people in the run up to her um, election in 2019 about what's happened and who this man is. So from the moment she enters Parliament, the Labour Party knows full well exactly who Atisham Hack is and the kind of danger that she says he poses to her. Now. The fact that she's won election in parliament doesn't actually end the story. It's not that you know Etosham went after her, but then kind of gave up after she was elected. What seems to have happened is that um, you know Etosham and people close to Etosham and um, were unhappy with her election and have been kind of trying to find ways of removing her. So. Most notably is the housing fraud claim, which she describes as spurious and was indeed thrown out by a judge in the end, and which was brought by Tower Hamlets Council, which at the time was run by Apsana's ex-husband's friend, the mayor, John Biggs, um, who was for Rahman's successor. Housing a housing fraud trial was brought against Apsana by Tower Hamlet's council, run by Etisham's friends, for you know costing the council an amount that was greater than Apsana was even said to have defrauded on the basis of a claim made by her ex-husband's brother-in-law. Now. This is just a maddening, nightmarish situation for any survivor of domestic abuse, but uh, not only for your ex-husband to appear wherever you go, but for his friends, to pursue you in the courts to try and imprison you um after you've won office um on the basis of their kind of personal and political kind of vendettas against you now all of this is going on in full view of um the Labour Party and indeed the public at large you know we all saw we all saw Apsana Begum be dragged through the courts on the basis of what she describes as a spurious claim
0: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.
1: The Labour Party has been begged, you know, whether that's the regional party, the safeguarding team, Keir Starmer, David Evans, to act. And they've repeatedly deferred to process. They've said, yeah, we'll look into it. Sure, I'm sure there's like a form you can fill in. Mm, Yeah, that sounds bad. But it's now got to this point where Apsana is facing a a trigger ballot, which is, you know, a process, like I say in the article, all MPs undergo where the CLP gets to decide, should we keep our MP or should we put them up for a competitive reselection process? Um, She's undergoing this process, which has been overseen by friends of her ex-husband, despite the fact that for half of that trigger ballot process, she was hospitalized and later, you know, off sick because of her mental and physical breakdown which has been triggered as a domestic violence expert has said by her treatment by the Labour Party. This should be like a national scandal and yet it's like absolutely nowhere in our media that the Labour Party and the country's only hijabi MP is signed off sick because of domestic abuse which the Labour Party has been perpetuating according to a domestic violence expert.
2: Now it's, it's notable that when Jeremy Corbyn was leader, Ellie Reeves, another Labour MP, had there was this attempt potentially to start um, a trigger process. Cor- the leadership actually intervened. Even though Ellie Reeves was, was not a Corbyn supporter, she's not from the left of the Labour Party at all, uh, but there was outcry and all the rest of it, and they stopped that from happening on the grounds that she was pregnant. Um, now, this email, which was sent, I mean, we're talking about something completely different here. This is just on a different planet, a different scale. This email sent by, as you talk about in this brilliant piece about an independent domestic violence advocate working with Refuge saying that the current trigger process, they see it as a further extension of the abuse she's already endured. What was it say that there's been no reply, no response to that from Keir Starmer or David Evans, the General Secretary of the Labour Party?
1: I mean, I think it sort of tells you everything that you need to know, which is that... Um, you know, the Labour Party will claim that it hasn't done anything. You know, Keir Starmer hasn't been actively abetting what's been happening with the trigger process. He hasn't been kind of uh, supporting any of the CLP or regional kind of Labour Party officials to continue, um, you know, Apsana's treatment through the trigger process. He's just not done anything. And this is precisely the problem. What what culpability does one have when one knows what is happening to your MP in their constituency that you've been told that this constitutes an extension of the abuse that they've suffered in the past at the hands of their ex-husband allegedly and you still do nothing I think this is like something that um, Mish Rahman, who's a member of the NEC, Labour's National Executive Committee, describes as hiding behind process. Others might describe it as kind of bureaucratic or procedural violence. It's the use of process um, and the kind of deferral to kind of, um, you know, Why don't you talk to our safeguarding team about this? Why don't we refer you to kind of this form that you need to fill in or this complaint that you need to submit um, as a way of executing kind of violence against a, a sitting MP? You know, yes, Keir Starmer and David Evans haven't done anything, but that's precisely the point.
2: So, you know, I mean, it's a facile comment, but it's true. If this was an MP on the right of the party, all hell would break loose if this was under Jamie Corbyn's leadership. I don't I mean, just imagine, just imagine.
1: Yeah, I now, mean, we don't have to imagine, Owen. Like this, this, this did happen in 2019. Luciana Berger um quit the Labour Party in February, claiming that she'd faced a campaign of bullying and harassment in her constituency in Liverpool. And it catalyzed the creation of Change UK, you know, rest in peace. You know, it's it's <laughs> exactly, you know, it was a major crisis for the Labour Party when Luciana Berger quit because of harassment and what she claimed was kind of anti-semitic treatment in her constituency. We now have an MP who has signed off sick who has admitted to AE after treatment within her CLP which the Labour Party had been warned of multiple times and which not only that constituted an extension of this like horrific trauma which she says that that she's been through um and and it's basically not being picked up at all in fact you know we've we've seen right-wing commentators um mock uh journalists from Navarra media like my colleague moya for example for, for trying to raise this issue by saying like you know this 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 is a ridiculous kind of uh you know thing to be suggesting mm. should be higher up the political agenda you know this is like a passing kind of internal like labor party beef at best and this is the problem because it's so complex because we're talking about constituency labor parties and party rules and trigger processes and kind of boring internal bureaucracy it's really easy for the national media to dismiss this as kind of either boring or factional or not worth paying attention to no this is about a woman who has who says that she has survived domestic abuse. Domestic abuse that is a domestic violence expert says ongoing as a result of the Labour Party's actions. This is nothing to do with kind of processes and due processes, which is what, you know, Keir Starmer and David Evans would have us believe. This is a process, we can't do anything about it. No, this is, we're talking about a survivor and a party that one person says, one expert says is perpetuating her abuse.
2: Now, Jess Phillips, who's a very prominent Labour MP and her background is in the, partly in the domestic, you know, the domestic violence sector, violence against girls and women's sector. And obviously that's something she talks about a lot. Now, she's been challenged about this and she tweeted quite defensively, calling herself a friend of epstein Um mm-hmm. What, I'm just interested in the role she's had, or maybe the alleged role behind the scenes, um, yeah. and what you think about kind of her, you know, should she be public?
3: Yeah, well,
1: I mean, I kind of think you've captured it, which is that, you know, Jess Phillips, who's the shadow uh, minister for domestic violence and safeguarding, um, has, you know, there is no doubt that she has in private um, supported Apsana and made representations to the leadership about their treatment of her. That is kind of indisputable. Um, and I'm sure she would corroborate this. And And in fact, I think on Twitter, she she did kind of say that in private, She's been supportive of her. She also added, I think, in that tweet, this is you know, between me and Apsana, this I think is where the problem lies. When you have the kind of platform that a shadow minister for domestic violence has, and the you know, media rounds and the talking, um, the, the the platform that someone like Jess Phillips has. The question is, do you have a responsibility to use that platform to advocate on behalf of your colleague and to put pressure on the leadership from outside to act? Now, what we have here is essentially the exposure of the factionalism within the Labour Party. The reason why many people would say the reason why Jess Phillips is not more clearly and publicly, um, you know, advocating on behalf of uh, Apsana Begum in the same way that she is in private, is because she doesn't want to be seen to undermine Keir Starmer's leadership. You know, this is obviously more than a factional issue. And this is something that John McDonnell says in his repeated emails to the leadership. This has nothing to do with factionalism. This shouldn't be about what side you're on. Ellie Reeves, I mean, you mentioned that she wasn't a fan of Corbyn. She's the sister of Rachel Reeves. She also was was supposed to be facing a trigger ballot process at that time. You know, members of her constituency party had threatened to trigger her on the basis of her um, uh, a po- opposition to uh, Chris Williamson's readmission to the Labour Party. So she was basically being threatened with with a trigger because she wasn't supporting this, you know, left wing MP. So she was literally being triggered because she was seen as too right wing, and yet still. Corbyn intervened on her behalf, not because she was sick, not because she was even on maternity leave at that point. She was 22 weeks pregnant, I believe, literally just because she was pregnant and because he felt, you know, um, it was the right and compassionate thing to do to waive the very stressful trigger ballot process um, on her behalf, despite factional differences, despite the fact, as I say, she wasn't even formally um, off sick or on maternity leave. And I think, you know, what this speaks to is is the kind of ruthlessness of the party right. The party left um, has demonstrably shown compassion to the party right on uh, appropriate occasions. The party left has no such compassion. It's funny, in the Ford report, one of its um, recommendations that Martin Ford QC makes um, is compassion training. Now, this is interesting because obviously Keir Starmer's response uh, to the Ford report was that all of the problems described were a Corbyn problem, but I'm not sure I can think of anyone who's in more need of compassion training than Keir Starmer.
2: Hmm. Well, can you give compassion training to a to a robot? It's difficult to <laughs> say. So it's, it's, it's a tricky question, we'll have isn't
1: to it? Ask Elon Musk.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, who, let's let's go back to whoever has created whichever mad scientist produced <laughs> this intriguing experiment called Keir Starmer. Um. Rika, that that was a brilliant exposition of a truly disturbing and quite harrowing case, actually, which speaks a huge amount about obviously the treatment of a one of the few Muslim female MPs in Parliament about about who matters according to the media commentary, and other Labour MPs, and who doesn't. Um, but Apsana deserves our solidarity. She's a brilliant fighter who's gone through so much, and yet. Has has given a voice to people who are dispossessed and don't have a voice in British politics. And, you know, it, it is gruesome to see what has happened. And, and people have made actually in the comments noted in Tower Hamlets, and she represents a constituency in the Borough of Tower Hamlets, that the party Aspire, which was set up by for Rahman, who also won the mayoralty in Tower Hamlets that, you know, if you, if you end up with Epsana Begum being kicked out, then Aspire may well have a good chance of unseating whoever replaces her because of the anger that that could produce amongst large sections of the electorate in her constituency. Anyway, Rivka, it's been an honour. I will see you soon, I am sure. Lots of love yep. and enjoy your Bye, Thursday Lots of love. Yeah. See you in a bit. Bye-bye. Tired of ads barging into your favourite news podcasts?